You're listening to the Biz Babes with Soul podcast with your host, Melody Spencer, a show where female entrepreneurs get radically honest about life and business. Today's episode is sponsored by Swiftly Social Digital Marketing. Swiftly Social helps people create a heart-centered digital marketing and Facebook ads strategy that gets you results. For a free video tutorial on how to grow your Facebook following by 10,000 or more, visit swiftlysocial.com. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Biz Babes with Soul podcast. I am, of course, your host, Melody Spencer, and I'm super excited to have my friend Kathleen Hart here today. So Kathleen is a podcaster as well. She runs the Kathleen Hart Show, and she is the creator of the Be Brave, Get Paid program. Welcome to the show, and I'm so excited to chat all about your journey in business. Thank you, Melody. I'm so excited to be here today. Yeah, so let's start with who you are and how you got started. Yeah. Well, we can go way back. I remember, (laughs) I don't know, um, this is bringing up for the first time, this doesn't usually bring up, but this is bringing to mind the first time I was ever asked that question in a job interview. And I was like, okay, I was born. I I didn't even know that I needed to like craft it. So for the business. I was born on this day. (laughs) And when I was five, I did this. (laughs) So I can tell you all that, but you know, for all the biz babes that are out there, especially with soul, if we go back, it really started when I was sitting in the, my car going zero miles an hour in the LA traffic. And I just had this tipping point for myself of like, what the F like, am I doing with my life? Is this really what I meant to be doing? And you know, at the time I had dreams in the back of my head about starting a business, but I thought, well, I, I could never do any of that. So the dream that I could envision at that point was traveling and uh, when I took a look at my bank account, I was like, this is never going to happen. Uh, I actually did the calculations. It was going to take me eight years to buy a trip to South America. And so that frustration led me to actually begin digging into personal finance. And that's when I discovered salary negotiation. So that was almost the tipping point in my life because that snowballed so many things, not only you know being able eventually to save over $16,000, but to be able to go travel, which eventually led to me actually starting my first business. And then through all of that, you know, negotiation has really helped me to be able to stay afloat and, and create a business that not only has soul, but that can serve me. And you know, here I am now, it's been a journey of about five years. And I have a podcast called The Kathleen Hart Show. We recently switched it. We can go into the journey of pivoting and changing and evolving your brand. And also Be Brave, Get Paid, which was really created because I wanted to create the course that I wish I had that long ago where I can make it so simple and easy and help you gain the confidence to be able to negotiate your salary. So super proud of that course and all the results that we've been having. But that's, that's me in a mini nutshell. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I think salary negotiation is such a big one for women because, Mm -hmm. you know, men do it all the time. Men step up and demand what they feel that they are worth. But women, we don't want to offend anybody. And if we demand it, we feel like, well, we're a bitch. So, yeah. Or we're also, I mean, some people do perceive us as a bitch. That's, I mean, it's totally valid that we have those feelings sometimes because there is that, like, that whole association around it when a woman stands up for herself that, oh, wow, she's doing too much. Look at her. Like, 
who does she think she is? And, you know, we have to deal with those stereotypes, which sucks, but, you know, is, is the reality currently. That's why I want more women to be empowered and have money so that we can start shifting those dynamics in our perception. So most of my listeners are female entrepreneurs. So how can you take the principles of salary negotiation Mm -hmm. into your own business? Yeah. Well, I mean, first things first, for salary negotiation, it's so nice in a nine to five for the most part, right? Because you have specific ranges that are pretty standard. You have the exceptions and the outliers, but for the most part, there's the ranges that you can expect to fall in and it changes depending on your location and the industry, et cetera. When it comes to being a business owner, the hard part is that there can be a whole array. You could be charging $5 an hour. You could be charging $50 an hour. You could be charging $500 an hour. And what is it going to take you to be able to be able to be comfortable with that number, whatever it is that you're doing, and also have the other person on the other end say, yes, that's valid. Because with things like, oh, I could just Google that, you have to have the reason and to be able to convince that person. Mm -hmm. What's hard about being in a business is that you have to find the price point that is not only market, but is that going to be appealing to your customer, but also not undervaluing yourself. Mm -hmm. And then also at the end of the day, just knowing that we as women, as entrepreneurs, we grossly undercharge. Can you lift yourself up and go higher? But when there's things like, oh, I quit my job, I need to make this happen. It's a struggle because you're like, I just want a paying client. Yeah. So there's so many things. I guess the first thing to know is that, you know, when it comes to salary negotiation, when it comes to being a business owner, if you're feeling overwhelmed by it, know that that is completely normal. Know that that is so, so accurate to the way that so many of us feel. So the first thing that you really want to do is you need to understand what is the marketplace paying for the skills and experience that you bring. So say if you are a coach, if you just started coaching, I mean, you got to talk to other coaches to be like, what are, what are you guys paying as you know a first-time coach? There's somebody who I bet you is charging $500 an hour as a, a coach right out the bat. If they're delivering the results, then good for them. If they're not delivering the results, that will quickly catch up to them and they'll have unhappy customers. They're not going to have that word spread. On the other hand, you know, you're probably going to find a lot of coaches who are like, honestly, I'm doing it for free right now. I'm just trying to get up the experience. I'm trying to get the clientele. And that's okay to be in that free zone for a while. You need to start noticing though, when you're undercharging or when you're doing things for free, because it's uncomfortable to have that money conversation. You say to yourself, I don't want to lose customers. I don't want people to hate me. I don't want my business to suddenly go out and no longer be able to survive. But you have to notice that and begin to start testing it. So maybe with new clients, what you're doing is that you're starting to introduce the idea that, oh, actually my prices have recently increased and this is the price. You can even do, if you join right now, I'll honor our previous price and then moving forward, we'll move into the new one. You know, different ways to kind of test the waters and get the reactions, but there's a lot to unpack. So we can even start with specific things. The basic thing is to know that it is okay if you're feeling overwhelmed by it, but you need to do your market research to know what is people are actually charging and begin to test the waters to see what your customers are willing to pay for. That is true. You know, I worked with someone who was a coach and she was really undercharging herself. Mm -hmm. And I've been there, done that, bought the t-shirt. Like, (laughs) it all really came back to her self-worth about what she felt she was worth. 
So she knew she should be charging more, but she just didn't have that confidence. And I feel like we as women really get stuck in that a lot. Like we know we're good at something, but we compare ourselves to other people. And so we don't charge what we should be charging because we just all get in our heads. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's totally true. And, you know, when we think about how we advocate for ourselves, so I always talk about the mama bear effect. When it's coming to your friends and family, if somebody's undercharging or if they're not getting paid what they're worth, you're like, woman, come on. Like you are worth more than this. Like we are their biggest advocate and cheerleader. And then when it comes to ourselves, we're like, oh, no, I, I, could, I couldn't do that. No, that's way too much, right? And so we have to learn how to mama bear ourselves. But the thing is that it's often really hard to mama bear it yourself. So if you can do it, I mean, that's a great mentality, whether it's, you know, getting into that zone, whether it's that music that you have to listen to, whether it's going on the run, whatever you need to do to get you into that state of being like, I am the shit. I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to press send on that email. We're going to see, maybe they, maybe they don't want to work with me. It doesn't matter. I'm going to work with somebody else. And the next person I'm going to keep going. So you could potentially build that up within yourself. And that's something mm-hmm. that we all need to work with. You know, I'm working on all the time. My mornings are sacred, sacred places to get me into the mindset where I'm feeling my most boss and empowered self. But that is where the power of having friends or having somebody like me to work with, where we're like, girl, you are under charge. Like, that's what, like, a lot of the work that I do when I do work with business owners, it's just really helping them understand what the market is paying and getting them to the place where it's like, girl, we got to do this. Like, you got to do it. And what I hear from so many of the women I work with after that is just like, oh my God, I can't believe how long I was undercharging because for the most part, they're not getting the pushback that they expect. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know what I mean? Because we are serving. And so there's always this famous study that, where they talk about, you know, women only apply for jobs. And the survey is so skewed because it's just one company, but it, it's just to illustrate the point that when women apply to a company, they're looking to match hundred percent of the qualifications, whereas men are doing like 50, 60, whatever. So when we think about, Oh, I can't, I can't charge more yet. I don't know how to do X. Or I don't think I can do this. Or I don't think I could do this. It's like, you don't have to get hundred percent. You don't need to be the like world champion coach or the world champion, whatever mm-hmm. it is that you are. You just need to be able to get results that are more than what the person you're working with can get. And as long as you can do that, and if they feel good about the exchange, then charge it because you are worth it. Yeah. I know that, you know, a few years ago, even up until, you know, eight months ago, I was scared to death of the word expert because to me, an expert was like, oh, a Marie Forleo or Amy Porterfield or or a Tony Robbins, someone who's huge. My coach at the time was like, no girl, like an expert is you being expert for your client. You know more than them in X, Y, and Z. And that just flipped the whole script for me. Yeah. And now I feel like I'm able to stand in my zone of genius, stand up and say like, hell yeah, I am an expert in this and I demand to get paid in that. It's still hard. Even though I know in my industry, that there are people charging $30,000 for Facebook ads mm-hmm. easily. I look at what I'm charging, which is $5,000 for three months. And I think, well, shit, I need to actually like raise my prices. But then there's that little thought gremlin in the back of my head that's like, oh, nobody's going to pay that. That's too expensive. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. You know, it's just, it's crazy. If anybody's listening and is like, uh, prices, I get it. I hundred percent get it, but you need to charge what you're worth. Yeah. And it is really hard. I mean, when we think about supply and demand, right? Like 
if you don't have anyone knocking on your door and if you haven't had clients in a year, then you're like, okay, I'm going to go down in pricing because I need to get more people. I need to build up my audience. I need to build up the cachet. I need to get them referring other people. I need to kind of work on those systems as well. But if you have people that are consistently lining up, that's definitely a sign that you need to increase your prices. The other thing that I want to say though, is that if you don't have people lining up to work with you, like if you are charging way under what you should be doing, there's probably a lot of people that aren't actually working with you because they don't think that you're legit. Mm -hmm. So if you were doing like $500 for three months of Facebook ads, like I would be like, I don't trust this chick with my money, you know? And so we also have to keep that in mind that like, if you undervalue yourself, that people will not take you as seriously. And that's just the reality. Like when we see a lotion that costs $25, we're like, Ooh, I bet you that's some nice lotion. Whereas Uh if you see the $3 one, you're like, uh, whatever. If you lose it, it's not a big deal. Realize that we do that with our own buying habits. And that's what people are doing to you as a business owner. Yeah. I was actually hired by somebody a few months ago. So she was talking to three different ad strategists and she was like, you're the only one that seemed to take herself seriously and charge what you're worth. Yeah. So she was like, so I'm hiring you. (laughs) <laughs> That's and awesome. she was like, you clearly know what you're doing. And I was like, yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, but I think it's so hard in this online space. So many people can say, oh, I totally know what I'm doing. I have all mm-hmm. this experience. But a lot of times people are lying. Mm. And yeah, you can make a lot. <laughs> yeah. And then they charge crazy prices. Either it's really cheap or too expensive. I cannot even tell you how many coaches I've seen who are like, oh, I'm charging $20,000 a month. And they've only been a coach for like a year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, who, who knows? I, you know, I see a lot of people like that too, and maybe they're getting the results and that's amazing. You know, we just have to put up our blinders and stay in our own lane because for us, it's like, well, I don't want their coaching. So I don't even really need to listen to this right now. But if you're looking for a coach and you also think, okay, what's in my budget or who's somebody I want to work with, just got to stay in your lane because there's always going to be somebody doing all sorts of crazy things and you probably don't want to be involved in it. Or if they're doing this thing where they're scamming people, I mean, karma will just come back and bite them in the butt in some way. (laughs) So like, don't worry about it. It's such negative energy to think about it and waste your time. And I've spent so many months, hours, I would probably say like in and out of many of these years, like thinking about these things is honestly just such a waste of time. So the quicker you can catch yourself going into these things of like, oh, but they're charging this and that, 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 like just bring it back. Where am I right now? What am I charging? Am I undervaluing myself or am I charging enough? What are people telling me about it? Just stay in your lane and focus on the people that you're serving and don't get distracted by all those things because there's always going to be some crazy person doing something crazy out there. Yeah, it's true. It's easier said than done. I mean, that's part of the reason I left Mm, like 90% of the Facebook groups I was in. Oh my God, I can't. Yeah, I like I like do a cleanse, whether it's in your newsletters, whether it's in your social media, whether it's Facebook groups. Like I turned off like a million no- notifications, like uh-huh. you got to cleanse and just protect your energy. Because when you are building a business, especially one, if it has soul, right? Like you are doing good work and you need to make sure that you're surrounding yourself only with the most positive, brilliant best energy that's going to support and uplift you mentally and uplift your business. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree. So you said you have a morning routine that helps you get 
going. I would love to hear what you do because I do too. And I just love hearing what other women in business do to help protect their energy and get their day going. And yeah. Yeah. Well, it's totally changed over time. And I would say it also depends on the season, right? Sometimes I'm in like a go, go, go mode. And sometimes I'm like, I got to take a step back. I'm not sure what the next iteration is going to look like. I'm not sure where I'm going from here. And I just need to kind of like soak in and relax and enjoy. Right now is kind of a middle season, like I'm revving back up. And so every morning I'm waking up and the first thing I always do, which is so bad, but I, I drink coffee first thing. That's like something I go to sleep looking forward to. Yeah. So I make my latte every morning. I make a nice little iced latte. I used to work in a coffee shop when I was in college. And so I just love a good latte. So I make one of those. Also, it saves me money because otherwise I'm going all sorts of places. I make my, my own lattes too. It's I love it. is expensive. Man. It's so good. And Just to have that foam. Oh my God. Yeah, the so lattes good. are so easy to make. I have a Blendtec blender and it just is like... Vroom. Oh, nice. It's yeah. So and you know what? Even old school when I had no money... Like I would just put the milk, I would like microwave it. I like whisked it. I like really wanted foam milk. I would like whisk it. So you can even do the cheap latte, but yeah. So my morning routine always consists lattes right now. I have a nice new backyard, which is really nice. I've been living in an apartment forever. And so now I have an actual outdoor space. So I sit out there with my coffee. I do a lot of journaling. Podcasts are actually one of the things that I've been listening to for like eight, nine years probably every morning, just listening to a podcast like this to really get inspired. I think that there's so many amazing conversations out there to really help Mm -hmm. and uplift you. I also want to note though, that there have been seasons where I've just completely detoxed on podcasts because I was like, no more information, time for doing. Information overload. (laughs) Yeah. Information overload. So if you're listening to this and you're like too much information, too many stories, like just uh, stop listening, but then come back, come back and listen later. (laughs) <laughs> and then it's, it's just plotting out. Like it's really slow. I'll be honest. Like it's, it's usually about like a two hour crawl and I don't have any children aside from my puppy. So I do have that ability to take it really slow, which just suits me right now. I'm sure in, in the future, I'm going to have to like figure out how to make little nuggets of time here and there. But in this season, it's really just a lot of journaling, enjoying my coffee, being outside because I need to be in nature and listening to something inspiring, whether it's a podcast or sometimes I listen to a book or an inspiring just like playlist that I have to get me pumped up and ready for the day. Once I do that, I'm like, I'm ready to go. And sometimes I'm like a wild horse, just like at my computer for many hours on end. So I also like to use the Pomodoro technique, which is just the timer to help me remember to take a break. Cause otherwise I'm like, Oh, I didn't shower or eat or (laughs) go to the bathroom all day. Yep. It's so funny. I think we're the same person because I do that too. That's exactly my morning routine. And that is exactly how I am. My coach literally was like, you're taking a break every hour. Like every mm. 50 minutes, you're taking a break and you're going to stretch and you're going to drink water. Because, do a little dance. Yeah, because I just get in the zone, which is awesome. But then you're like, oh, I didn't eat breakfast. I didn't have water. I didn't like see the sun today. Like you just... yeah." When you're in that flow, you're like, I don't want to stop the flow. I don't want to stop the flow. But the flow will come back. Don't worry. Yeah, exactly. And your body will thank you. Yeah, because I never used to be into like that kind of routine. I was all over the place, honestly. Like I'd be switching gears constantly. And now I time block stuff. Mm. So I say, okay, this hour is for email. This hour is for writing. This hour is for podcast editing. So that I know I get stuff done. And I feel at the end of the day that I've actually 
completed tasks rather than being like, what did I actually do today? (laughs) For so long, I was really resistant and I'm still resistant. Like I'm so bad at it, but I'm working on it. But just being really just focused and diligent and like keeping habits. I was like, yeah, successful people do habits, but I'm going to be all over the place. I'm just going to go with the flow and going with the flow has not served me. And so it's just like, okay, I know I need to create these structures. So I allow resistance to it, but they've really helped me. Yeah. So what do you feel like your biggest frustration as a business owner has been? Oh, my biggest frustration? <laughs> Narrow I'm like with, with myself? Or with both. I mean, I think it all it kind of intertwines. You know, the thing that's popping up for me, and, and it's not even a frustration because, well, let me say, the frustration that's popping up in my mind is how long it takes me to do something, like in general. When I think about, God damn, like it's been five <laughs> years. How much do I have to show for it? Like, but actually, like I've done a lot and I'm really proud. And so it's a frustration that, oh, it's my little gremlin that comes up, mm-hmm. right? My gremlin always comes up of like, God, how long has this taken you? And blah, 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 blah. And like so hard on myself. So I really, really, really have to practice self-compassion and love on a daily, if not hourly basis, because that little gremlin comes up all the time for me. Mm -hmm. Um, That's why I would say it's frustration maybe for myself, but it's not an actual frustration. It's just the fear frustration that comes up. And then with growing my business, I don't think it's a frustration with business. Like, you know, I think there's bigger people, like bigger audiences I want to reach, like more people and more impact. But I can't really be frustrated because it's really just, it's, it's just dependent on your effort and your time. And so it's just, I'm doing my effort, I'm showing up, and it's just going to take time for different things. I think we all would want to have a banging business with millions of dollars right out, uh-huh. the bait, out the gate. And like, I still want that. And so that makes me frustrated, but like, I can't actually be frustrated at that because that's not really practical and that's not really honest and real. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's great. I mean, I've felt that too. You know, it's hard to look back and see all your progress and not be like, huh, I'm not where I want to be. But yeah, all these people are lining up saying, no, you're amazing. You're inspiring, blah, blah, blah. And it's just, it's hard to take yourself seriously when you have this lofty goal in mind. Yeah, exactly. Totally get it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's always so funny. Like you, you, you never know, like, when you think about all the progress that you make, I don't know, five years ago, I'd be like, wow, that's so cool. Like even the little step, first step, like get up a website that was, took me so long. And then I got it and it was like, wow. So now I'm like, God damn, it took you so long to get the website. But like, you know what? That's part of the process. Like it takes you a long time to get a website up. It takes you a long time, to figure out what your business name is. And it takes you a long time to set up your domain. And then it takes you a long time if you decide to switch businesses because it actually wasn't good for you or there's a different angle that you want to take. It just takes a while. And so it's frustrating, but I don't know. It's our journey. And I don't know. So it makes life fun. We don't want to get to the finish line. Then we'd be a hundred and dead. (laughs) We want to enjoy it. (laughs) I think that a lot of women in business have been sold this lie that it's supposed to be super simple and easy and success comes overnight. And also that we can do every single thing on our own. We're super women, which you know, props to you guys who do it all on your own. But if I didn't have an assistant, if I didn't have someone to like help shoulder the load of all the millions of things you have to do in business, I would literally pull my hair out. And I was five years ago. Yeah. So 
Yeah, I agree. And you know, that took me a really long time to hire out. Cause I'm like, uh-huh. well, I'm, I'm somebody that's so about like financial security, financial security, financial security. So I'm like, uh-huh. I got to hold on to my money. I can't spend it. But you're right. Even just a few hours a week does help. And I, it's, it's really made a world of difference, but you know, really quickly, this made me think about what we were saying about overnight success. That is the thing that got me the most frustrated and why I started the podcast in the first place. Like I didn't feel like people were having enough conversations about how long it really took them, how frustrating it was, how like, how did they make it happen financially? Like, why doesn't, why don't people talk about this? And so those are the conversations like I'm most interested. I'm so glad that we're having this conversation here too, because it's so important. Like we need to know it doesn't happen overnight. Like even the Marie Forleo's and the Tony Robbins, like when you hear their actual story and how long it took them and how many iterations, like Marie was doing productivity things, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, to- like Tony had been doing this since 18. He was even like speaking on stages, but he was thinking about it. Like when he was in middle school, I think, you know, when we think about how long it actually took these people, it's so easy to look at the overnight success, but we all have, you know, five years before we feel like, oh my God, I'm making progress. Yeah, no, I agree. And I feel like ladies, it's okay to pivot. Like you said, you've pivoted your business. Oh yeah. I pivoted mine. I used to be a jack of all trades. I did everything in marketing and now I just do ads and strategy. And I also never thought I would have a podcast, but here we are. It's okay to pivot. It's okay to change. You don't have to be stuck in the same thing over and over again. Yeah. That's hard to know when to pivot. It's like, when do you know when to raise your prices? Oh gosh, should I pivot? It's working. It's kind of working. I'm scared. Scary. But yeah, pivoting, I pivoted so many times. It's never been far like from where I was at. It's just a small tweak. It's important because your first time, the first draft, you aren't going to probably get it right. It's like the first time you're up to bat. If you're like playing baseball, like you're not going to know how to hit the ball. So you just got to keep going up there and practicing and trying different approaches until it, until it works. So yeah, I totally agree with that. (laughs) Why did you decide to pivot the many times that you've done it? Yeah. Well, so this last one, you know, with the Big Leap Show, the pivot was really because the conversations I was having were business owners and how do you go from dreaming to doing? And the whole point was, I don't want to just talk about the glossy stories. I want to get nitty and gritty. And so we were starting to do that and the conversations were awesome. Like I really loved them. You know, people would say that they're really learning a lot from him, getting so inspired. But then I had so many people are like, I'm going to quit my job and just make it happen. And I was like, oh gosh, you can, that's totally fine. You can just quit your job and make it happen. But also I want to make sure that you're in a place financially where you feel like you can, or that you just have some ideas of like what you're going to do financially. So that coupled with, I had been focusing my attention, like outside of the podcast, really on my salary negotiation workshops and the course that I've been creating, I wanted to make sure that every woman around the world, like my whole mission is like, I want to help you go for your dreams. But first things first, I want you to have money and I want you to improve your relationship with money. So whether it's setting up, you know, your savings accounts and that emergency savings that, you know, you have this runway to really be able to fly with your business, like salary negotiation wise, if you're building up a business on the side, like you're probably leaving a lot of money on the table in your job because most women don't negotiate their salary. Mm -hmm. So if you negotiate your salary, then that will give you even more money and more cushion to be able to build that business. You know, there was the shift that I was doing personally where I was really becoming so much more passionate about the salary negotiation work that I was doing. The Big Leap Show, while it was amazing conversations, I was like, there's a disconnect where one's about like, let's create financial empowerment and security so that you can create these dreams. And the other one was like, just do it. Just go out there and do it. 
So I need to take a step back and be like, how can I merge these two worlds? And so with the big leap show, it kind of just implies that you're going for it and you're just going to take a leap. So I was like, you know what? Let's just go with the Kathleen Hart show. It's super simple. If I evolve over time, my name will always remain the same. Mm-hmm. And that way we can have these conversations. It's still dreaming to doing, but then let's also talk about like financially, how the heck did you make it happen? Whether it's diving into the pricings that you had, how long you were charging, no money, et cetera. Like, I want to get honest about these conversations of building a business, but not just the fear, also the finances, because I think that that's something that's missing from the conversation right now. And like, I don't want more women quitting their jobs or, you know, starting a business with these expectations that maybe it will happen overnight. And if it doesn't, they feel super shitty about themselves. I want them to feel like they can do it and that financially they have the means to support them so that they can do it long-term because maybe it will take you five years or maybe it will take you 10 years. So how can we put yourself in a place so that you'll be able to sustain yourself for the long-term? So that's why the the pivot was necessary. That's all needed. I feel like our our missions and messages are so aligned. They really go hand in hand because women need both the encouragement of other women and uh, the encouragement around money to really Mm -hmm. make it happen. Otherwise, they're going to feel like they're kind of off on their own island. Yeah, exactly. And it's so easy. Like we said, it's so easy to fake it. And so there's so many women that I know, you know, whether it's friends or people that listen to the podcast where they're just like, I am drowning, but everyone, like no one knows that I'm drowning. So if we can have more of these transparent conversations, I want people to feel like they aren't alone and like they can have some steps to be able to, to continue doing for it. Because honestly, at the end of the day, I want more women with good hearts, big souls to be able to infuse that and to make the world a better place. Money is a part of that. We need to become empowered financially so that we can make that happen. We need to be able to sustain our businesses for the long term. And the money that we have can do so much good in the world. So I want us to, to improve that relationship on it so that, you know, we can make a better world for not only ourselves, but all of the communities and the, and the people around us. Yeah, because money is just energy and you just have to put it to work for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That line, I was always like, what does that mean? What, money is energy, but it is. It's just an exchange. Like you have something, I have something. We are doing an exchange and it feels good. So it's just this exchange between us and it's literally paper that that floats in the process. Yeah, absolutely. This has been such a fun conversation and I just love chatting with you. I feel like we are so aligned and so connected. So thank you so much for being here. You're so welcome, Melody. I had so much fun talking with you today and yeah, I can't wait to connect and continue our conversations offline. Yeah. So how can people find you online if they want to get to know you more? Thanks for asking. So if you go to KathleenHart.com, that's the main hub where you can find all the good things. If you're interested in getting some of my tips on you know, how to have this better conversation, especially when it comes to salary as a business owner, mm-hmm. then you can text let's get paid as one word. So let's get paid to 44222. Yeah, I can't wait to share that with your audience. Yeah, well, you guys should all get that because she knows what she's talking about. (laughs) So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you guys go and check Kathleen out. Thank you so much. I can't wait. All right. Thanks, guys. Until next time. Bye. Thank you for joining me for the Biz Babes with Soul podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. To learn more about me, Melody Spencer, and the show, please visit swiftlysocial.com.